Well, praise God, we are drawing to a close in our series on Proverbs. These will be my last two weeks of teaching. I started this series back at the 1st of January, 2018. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach verse by verse through the book of Proverbs. And we are now at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. We're getting towards the end of this series. I've been doing this. This is the beginning of my 13th week of teaching through this. I've never done anything like this before. And we've broken it up into little two-week segments at a time, and then we'll insert another teaching. So it's kind of an experiment for me. But the book of Proverbs has just been so important to me. God speaks so many powerful things through this. And the book of Proverbs, it states... Its purpose is to give you wisdom, to give subtlety so that you can prosper, so that you won't fall prey to deception and the lies of the devil. And our society is messed up today because people have not followed the Proverbs. And so I really felt impressed to the Lord to just devote time, however long it takes, to go through this because there's a lot of people that don't study Proverbs on their own. And if they do study it, they don't relate it to our everyday life. And this is what I've been doing is I've been taking these truths. There are principles here that even though this was written thousands of years ago, it still applies to us today. It is very important for us today. And so here we are in chapter 29, verse 1. And this very verse, the very first verse of Proverbs 29, makes this point that I'm talking about, that this is relevant to us today. It says here in verse 1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Now, see, some people might just read that and think, well, what does this mean to me? And then they go on and don't think about it. But there's a lot of things in this verse. It says, notice, it says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck. So here's the subtle truth that you have to think about. This is one of the points I made in the very first chapter, that a proverb is a saying that has depth to it. You have to meditate on it and, in a sense, mine the wealth that is in these sayings. It, it isn't just laying there on the surface. It's not readily apparent. You have to think about it. And this is one of the reasons I've made this statement before, but I am not a King James-only guy that if you read anything besides the King James, you're of the devil. That's not the way that I am. But I do believe that the King James is a great translation for this very reason because it doesn't just give you a surface meaning. It presents things like the Proverbs right here in a way that you have to think about it. And it's a poetical language. And when you think about it, some of these word pictures in the King James, some of these statements are so powerful that when you read them in other translations, they just lose the impact because what it does is give you the surface meaning, but you don't get the depth to it. So this is one of those scriptures that says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck. This shows you that before a person 
experiences the judgment being destroyed that it talks about in the last of this verse, they had to have been often reproved. And this is one of those principles that applies to us today, that if you see a person who is destroyed, if you see a person who is just, you know, their life is a total mess, it didn't just come on them like a seizure. Sin has to be conceived, is what it says in James chapter 1. And the Lord is faithful, faithful, faithful to reprove us and to try and turn us away from the path that we're on that leads to destruction. And so when you see a person who is, you know, just experiencing tremendous struggle in their life, on the surface, since you don't know their history, you might think, well, you know, it's a shame that this happened to this person. They didn't do anything for it. They may not have intended to have this consequence, but I can guarantee you there is never, ever, ever a person who just ends in destruction who got there accidentally. They had to climb over the warnings, the reproofs that God gave them. You know, when it comes to salvation, being born again or not being born again, when people stand before the Lord, nobody is ever going to say, well, God, it's not fair. I didn't know. The Scripture reveals in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, that God has revealed Himself from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of man. There is an intuitive knowledge. They even understand and know His eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. For a person to go to hell, they've got to literally climb over at least thousands, maybe millions of times that the Lord spoke to them and tried to reprove them. When you stand before the Lord, nobody's going to say it's not fair. I guarantee you we're going to know all things even as also we're known 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we are going to see that God sent people across our path. God witnessed in our own heart. Just a million different things happen. For people to be destroyed, they have to persist. They have to harden themselves against this conviction of the Lord. This is powerful. This is something that you can take to the bank. You know, we had a situation, I'm trying not to mention names because this is a very well-known person, but there was a guy who was a friend of mine who was a pastor of a large church, and he wound up committing some homosexual acts and drugs and got exposed. And when this first happened, this person had spoken in our Bible college, and many of the people in our Bible college went to that church and because of this, they had questions, and they were asking me questions, and so I got up during a chapel service. I didn't know any of the detail. It was when it first came out. All of the details were very sketchy, but I just got up, and I said, if these things are true, which at the time I didn't know if they were or not, I said, if it's true, I can guarantee you this isn't something that just happened one time. And see, there was people thinking, well, this is just a one-time mistake. It was a failure on his part. I said, that's not the way that it happens. You don't reach this place without persisting in something. I said, it may not be known to people, but I can guarantee you this is not something that is brand new on the radar. Sin has to be conceived. It, You know, a woman doesn't just all of a sudden like that have a baby. It's got to be conceived. It's got to be carried. There are things that could abort it along the way. And it's effort to get from that place of conception to birth. And it's the same thing with sin or with anything else. 
And so I got up and made these statements. As it turned out later on, it was exactly true. This had been going on for like 20 years, and there were dozens and dozens of experiences. And I said these things without knowing the details just because I know what the Word of God says. And if you could get these truths and understand, it'll help you to understand why people are in the mess that they're in. It may not be obvious to you, but the Word of God makes it clear that this wasn't something that just came out of the blue. Sin doesn't come upon a person like a seizure. It has to be conceived and carried to term. And there are there is a progression that people go through. Anyway, I could talk on that a lot longer. In verse 2, Proverbs 29, 2, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Look at this proverb from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. It says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. It's basically the same thing. That righteous people, righteousness, when it's in authority, it causes people to rejoice, but wickedness causes people to mourn. And it's amazing how people don't understand this. This needs to be shouted from the housetops today because there are people that are promoting wickedness, evilness, people just shacking up with each other, changing the definition of marriage, extramarital affairs, uh, drugs, alcohol, on and on. You could go just listing thing after thing, and they think that it's just fine. But boy, when wickedness bears rule, the people mourn. It is going to cause problems. Man, I could spend a lot of time on that. You know, in Colorado, they've legalized pot. We can truthfully say that Colorado has gone to pot. <laughs> and and uh, you know what? I, I don't want to spend my whole program talking about this, but it has drawn people. We have a homeless problem that we didn't have before because people are coming from other states coming here to get pot and get high, and they just stay on the street. We've got an increased homeless population. We've got an increased welfare problem. We've got increased... I've, I've heard statistics. I don't remember what they are, but driving under the influence. Now it's not just alcohol. There's pot, and there are wrecks, and there are deaths, and there are on and on, and the people are mourning. I guarantee you it's causing problems. It just... I don't know why people don't understand this, but this is a proverb. It's a truth. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. In verse 3, Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father, but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. And this is similar to many, many things. Proverbs 10, Proverbs 15, Proverbs 23, Proverbs 19, Proverbs 29. All of these are talking about the exact same thing that when you do what's right, it causes your parents to rejoice. And when you do what's wrong, it causes grief to other people. This is something that we've dealt with a lot of times, but it's just the truth. And people need to remember this, that your actions influence other people. They affect other people. You know, one of the reasons I love this movie, um, It's a Wonderful Life, and I watch it at least every Christmas, but it just reminds me, and it's a graphic way of showing that no person, uh, you know, just goes through this life and it's all about you. You and what you do or don't do influences people. And you need to realize that. That's what this verse is saying. In verse 4, the king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. 
In other words, uh, nations, countries that take bribes and there's corruption, it destroys the nation. You know, there's some nations that I've been to quite a few times, and this one nation, I'm not going to mention the name because I'm on television there, and I don't want people to think I'm against them, but I've been there many times, and I tell you, if you get outside of the main um, capital or something like that, the roads are terrible. You'll be on a road and traveling 60 miles an hour, and it looks like a good road, and then all of a sudden, I mean, there's a pothole big enough that you could put a car in it. And I mean, there's wrecks, cars get damaged, and I've asked questions about this. Why is this happening? And they say, oh, they've got money that they have. They've run, you know, on elections and saying that they're going to do this and they're going to fix the roads, but it very seldom gets into actually doing anything because there is so much corruption and so much bribes and they will, the government will give this money and it gets siphoned off. And this happens in a lot of these third world countries. I'm sure it happens in developed countries, but maybe not as much. It's not as noticeable. But when there's corruption like that, it destroys the country. Some of these countries I've been to, in far as natural resources, they are some of the richest places with natural resources on the earth. They have two and three growing seasons. They could grow anything, and yet there's corruption in the government. They take bribes and things like this, and because of it, the nation isn't prospering. I tell you, that's, this, is, this is an important statement. I have actually got people now, some of the disciples in these places, and this is one of the things we're trying to attack is because we even have Christians that work for us in some of these nations, and they're godly people, and they love God, but they were raised in a culture to where you take advantage of people. If you say that something cost $100, I need $100. It actually was only $80, and you're going to make $20 and pocket it off of that. And it's just the way that they've been taught to do things. And even Christians were so raised in this system that they just don't understand that it's wrong. And we are specifically telling our people that they've got to get the believers out of that system. As long as people operate in this deception and take bribes and do these kind of things, the nation is never going to prosper. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I tell you, this is important. There's spiritual dynamics going on far beyond just what's going on between people. When you operate in an ungodly system, you unleash ungodly demonic pr principles and powers in that place. That's amazing. In verse 5, it says, A man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. You know, if you put a net down there, I guarantee it's just a matter of time until you trip and fall and get snared in it. And there's other Proverbs that talked about that if you dig a ditch, you're going to fall into it yourself, etc. This is just saying that you are going to reap what you sow. And if you are lying to people and inflating things and flattering them and being hypocritical about it, it's going to come back to bite you. You need to be brutally honest. Now, there's a tactful way to do that. There are times that you need to keep your opinion to yourself, but when you're dealing with people, we need to be honest. We need to not inflate things, flatter things. It, you're going to get caught in your own lies and in your own flattery. In verse 6, it says, In the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. In other words, you know there's other scriptures that say the way of the transgressor is hard. 
the world, the devil will tell you that sin is fun. And there's even a scripture that says that uh, Moses forsook the riches of e uh, Egypt, you know, not taking the pleasures of sin for a season, but inst instead put God first in his life. And so it does mention that there is pleasure in sin for a season. But I guarantee you, sin has a payday. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. Ultimate death when a person, if they reject the Lord, they go to hell and they will suffer for eternity in hell. That is a truth. That is accurate. But even in this life, did you know that sickness, depression, discouragement, anger, bitterness, strife, jealousy, all of those things are a form of death. They are a result of sin. And sin has a payday. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. You do not want to live in sin. If you would just believe this proverb that in the transgression of an evil man, there is a snare. You are going to suffer because of it. But if you live a righteous life, you will sing and rejoice. I guarantee you, living godly is awesome. Forgiving people is awesome. Not having bitterness in your heart is awesome. Learning how to take hurt and pain and rejection and criticism that people put against you and turning it over to the Lord and living a life to where you're free and you hadn't got anything against any person breathing on this planet. That's a great way to live. You'll sing and rejoice. Man, it's, it's a blessing to serve the Lord. I don't know why people have bought this lie that somehow or another serving God is going to restrict you and keep your joy from coming. It's much better to serve God than it is to go out and serve the devil. In verse 7, The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. You know, the way that this is stated, it's not just saying that the wicked is ignorant about this and never knew about the plight of the poor. This is saying that they intentionally go out of their way to keep from knowing what the poor have. You know, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, it was talking about uh, saying that the second coming of the Lord has been delayed and people, it says that they are willingly ignorant of this. They intentionally don't think about it. And this is what this is describing. People who are willingly ignorant. God is not, that's not going to fly with God. God is going to hold you accountable whether you set your heart to it or not. We ought to be recognizing the plight of other people around us. And when we have something that we can do about it, we are obligated by the Lord to do something. In verse 8, Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. The word scornful here, according to what's said in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, and other places, uh, it's talking about pride. When people are operating in pride, that brings a city into a snare. Pride is all about selfishness and just doing your own thing. And you don't, you don't consider other people. You don't treat other people right. You don't give justice. And judgment is just all about you. That's going to always bring down a city. This is not talking about just an individual, but society. It brings society down. But a wise man turneth away wrath. Man, the wrath of God doesn't come upon people when they are walking in humility and doing the right thing. In verse 9, it says, If a wise man contendeth with the foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. You know, this is exactly the point that was being made. I think it was Proverbs 28, 4 and 5, where it says, You have to answer a fool in his folly. And then the next verse says, Don't answer a fool in his folly. What it was doing was showing you this 
uh, catch-22 situation. If you don't answer a fool, he's going to continue to be a fool. But if you do answer a fool, you're going to have to get down to his level and talk like a fool. And it's a conundrum. It's a, it's a problem to put these two things together. And so this is what this is talking about. A wise man, when he contends with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. In other words, the chances of you reaching a fool are slim to nothing. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't reach out, but at the same time, we shouldn't spend all of our time reaching people who have just committed themselves to being foolish. And who's a fool? Well, there's a lot of things. Psalms 14 and Psalms 51 says a fool is a man that says there is no God. And a fool is also a person who trusts in his own heart, is what we just read in, in Proverbs chapter 28. In verse 10, it says, The bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. Bloodthirsty here is referring to murderers. And you know what? Murderers hate the upright. You know why? As Jesus said, it's because their deeds are evil and they don't like the light because when the light comes in, it exposes, it sheds light on their evil doing. And you know, we, we call it today liberal versus conservative, political, you know, right wing versus left wing. But I believe if you peel back the layers, it basically comes down to moral versus immoral, light versus darkness. And the reason there is hatred is because when you start standing up for godly virtues and saying this is right, this is wrong, people hate that because it is exposing their ungodliness. They do not want to feel any conviction. They want to go out and live in sin and do their own thing without anybody telling them that they're wrong. In verse 11, it says, The fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. You know, there's a bunch of scriptures that we've already used on this. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 28. And also in the New Testament, in James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. We got two ears and one mouth. That means we ought to listen twice as much as we speak. And this is just saying that a fool will say anything. There's no filter between his brain and his mouth. But a wise man will sit there and weigh his words and think, what is this going to accomplish? Is there a better way to say this? Should I even say it at all? I tell you, this, this proverb applies to us today. People that don't understand that these things are significant and needed today. Boy, you just... All you got to do is listen to the way most people talk and the things that they say. A wise man will keep his mouth shut and only speak when he can really accomplish something with his words. In verse 12, it says, If a ruler hearken to lies, all of his servants are wicked. You know, I think that there's a couple of applications of this. First of all, if a, if a ruler is hearkening to lies, if he's an evil man and who lies and is not following the truth, well, then that's going to cause all of his decisions to be wrong. And he's going to surround himself with liars. That's one way that you could take this. But another way to take it is that if a ruler is hearkening to lies, you could say that all of the people round about him, his servants are wicked for not telling him the truth and informing him what the right thing is. So this, I believe, also shows that there is a responsibility on our part to speak to authority. In our system today, we could apply this to, um, to bosses and, and people who are working for them that, you know what, if you know things are going on and if you know somebody's lying and misrepresenting things, you got a responsibility to go tell your boss. 
Most people are afraid to do that because of the potential downsides, but if you are a godly person, that's what you do. I'm out of time today, so real quickly, I'm just going to have to let my announcer uh, promote all of these products, but I encourage you to please get it. We're drawing to a close in this series, and I know this teaching would help you. So listen, and then call or write today. Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of The Gospel Truth and a very heartfelt thank you to all who sow into Andrew Womack Ministries. Your generosity supports the sharing of God's unconditional love and grace to His kids all over the globe. Because of you, people are getting free resources and their lives are being changed. You really are making a difference. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. We trust you're growing in wisdom as you study along with Andrew through the book of Proverbs. You can get the entire series that covers all 31 chapters of Proverbs in a CD or DVD album for a gift of any amount when you contact us. If you'd like to enhance your study, make sure to get a copy of Andrew's brand new hardcover book on Proverbs that includes all of his personal study notes and commentary on hundreds of verses. This book is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, you can get this book in the Proverbs gift set, which also includes a leather-bound journal as well as a pen so you can chronicle your journey as you study through Proverbs with Andrew. This Proverbs gift set is a limited time offer and is a great idea for friends or family. Order it today for only $65 while supplies last. If you'd like to receive all of Andrew's available resources on Proverbs, make sure to order the Proverbs package. This package has a catalog value of $235, but you can get it for just $199. Contact us to order the Proverbs package today. The 15th audio teaching in today's series is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this 15th CD free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I'd like to invite you to come and join me this summer for our Summer Family Bible Conference. It's July the 1st through the 5th and we are gonna have a lot of different speakers. We have a youth ministry. It will bless you. It will encourage you and entertain you, and it's just gonna be a great time for the entire family. Remember, it's July the 1st through the 5th, 2019, at our facilities in Woodland Park, Colorado. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I just would like to encourage you to help us get the gospel out through social media. By joining us on Facebook, you will receive exclusive content. 
like Andrew's weekly Tuesday Night Live Bible study, teachings, live streams, and Q&A sessions with Andrew. So we would like to see you like our Facebook page to share it with other people and you be a minister of the gospel by sharing this with someone else. This is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You've got well-known people on there like Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Keith Moore, and it's a safe place to be. You are going to be blessed. So check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv.